Hey, how's it going? It's the Absolutely Live interview. Good evening. I'm Greg M. And I appreciate everyone that's um, here. And tonight we have a very special guest. Uh, this is a guy that I've known pretty much my whole life. Um, we started uh, going to school together back when we were probably five years old. And uh, we developed a friendship very fast and just became buddies for a very, very long time. I mean, I'm 50 years old now. And Chris and I have known each other since we're five years old. So 45 years uh, of friendship, uh, maybe even longer than that. <clears throat> but we uh, were very close, like peanut butter and jelly. Then, uh, you know, high school happened and... Um, things changed for both of us. Uh, I went one route, Chris went another route. It's not that we weren't friends or anything like that because we were definitely buddies, but, uh, he went with his crowd. I went with my crowd and, you know, life intervened and life happened and so on and so forth. So <clears throat> I got a call in like 2007 or so th something from this number that I didn't recognize. It was, I was in Florida and this is a, a New York number, a Long Island number. I think it was like uh, 516 at the time. And lo and behold, it was Chris Ryan, who I hadn't spoken with in a very long time. So it was great to catch up. He let me know what was going on in his life. And he also let me know a couple of other things that we'll go into. And um, so I don't think that he's on yet, but I'm going to see if I can send him um, a request to join. All right, there he is. He just got on. <clears throat> but He's one of my dearest friends. Um, like I said, I've known him since I'm five years old. I love the guy like he's a brother of mine. Um, we refer to each other as brothers. Uh, we tell each other we love each other. That's just how we are. And um, we have a lot of deep love and respect for each other. So it's different for me now on, on the show because normally I'll be interviewing people that are musicians, people that I don't necessarily know. Some people I do know, but um, Chris and I know each other well. So I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, get him on here. I'm going to see if I can, yeah, set him on there. Okay. Um, very uh, introspective conversation. It might be a little hard for some people uh, to hear some things. And um, there he is. There's my brother. Hey, how we doing, bro? What's up, my brother? Good, man. Magical. How you doing? Thank you, bro. You're looking Thank good, you. man. No problem. Me bald headed mother, <laughs> we're both bald. Uh, so listen, bro. First of all, I want to tell you obviously, I love you, and I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I'm so glad that you're here in general, but I'm really happy that you've joined uh, the show. Oh, you're on, you're on sideways. Sorry, homie. There you go. That's right. So when I was doing the show, I was thinking of people that I wanted to invite onto the show. And I, I've had it for a while. I've had it since like uh, February. But I um, got to a point I was thinking, I'm like, you know, I, I think somebody that would be amazing to talk to would be Chris. Because he's gone through a lot. He's gone through uh, a lot of trials and tribulations. However, he's, he's emerged on top. I'm not going to say unscathed because we're all, you know, works in progress and we all got stuff going on. But um I wanted to get into it with you, man. And I wanted to talk to you about, you know, I, I when I introduced the show, I said that yep. we've known each other since we're about five years old or so, maybe younger than that. And, you know, 
We, we were pals and buddies for a long time and then kind of drifted apart once, uh, I think after junior yeah. high, right? Like probably like beginning of high school. Um, you, you went your way out my way. And not that either way was better than the other, but we just separated for a little bit, which happens a lot, you know, with people over the years. Um, and then maybe they gradu uh, gradually get back together or not. But anyway, so I wanted to kind of start there. Like we, we knew each other from back in the day and we've gone through a lot. Um, but tell me, you know, I, I could tell you on my end what I went through in my life, but I would like to talk to you about the things that you went through in your life um, after we kind of like drifted apart for a bit. So if you don't mind getting into that, and then obviously we're going to talk about addiction and sobriety and things like that. But how did that all happen for you from the beginning to when you found yourself, you know, where you found yourself for a, a uh, Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of an interesting story. I mean, you know, it, it's funny when you look back and you think, you know, uh, did we really separate for a while? Because, you know, we were kids, so we were all kind of like, you know, meshed with each other's lives, but we may not have hung out every day like we did when we were young guys, you know? I mean, like you since I was five years yeah. old. I mean, I remember being on the swing set with you in like third grade, and we were talking about living in Manhattan and getting an apartment together, and, you know, we... We loved that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Buddies. It was like our favorite. Yeah. We were like, we're doing that. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I know exactly what happened around that time in my life, what changed. And, you know, uh, growing up, you know, <clears throat> my biggest focus when I was a, a young guy, you know, very young, was uh, sports. I was, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, like super jock. You know, I played football, soccer, lacrosse, wrestling, you know, basketball. I mean, I played all, you know, some in the same season. And, uh, you know, yeah. that was my focus in life when I was a young, a young kid, you know, and it was, we always played sports yeah. together. And uh, um, the yeah. thing that changed everything for me was, um, you know, my best friend when I was a kid growing up uh, was this kid, Kevin. And, you know, when I was four when we were 14 uh he had uh he had died in a house fire and uh that that was the uh pivotal moment in my life that changed everything for for me anyway you know um it, it, yeah i remember how how it how it really affected all of us but you know you and rob were yeah you I mean, and rob were closest with kevin around the corner from and, each other uh, you know was, kevin used to sleep in my house almost every single night you know and we played sports together and that was like the thing like we had uh we had this bond you know because you know growing up in our town it was like either you grew up north of 25a or you grew up down where we grew up you know and being on sports yeah. teams a lot of those kids were you know kids that had a little bit more money you know uh different uh financial demographic let's say and me and kevin yeah. always felt like a little bit out of place with those kids and right. we kind of always had each other's backs so like you know because of that you know we we, we fit in you know and we always looked at you could play sports you can play sports right. doesn't matter how much money you got you know and when he right. passed away i kind of lost that you know and i i never okay. I, I never always felt like um like i fit in so when i lost my partner yeah. in that that changed everything for me. And 
I didn't realize that it had that it was such a crushing blow to you like that. I mean, I knew that it affected everybody uh, in the school and especially you and Rob. I, I remember that like it was yesterday. And but I didn't realize how how pivotal that moment was for you. I, I really didn't realize that. And all the time we've known each other, I don't even think we've ever talked about this like this because I just never knew that. So it, it's crazy to think, you know, that, you know, thinking back, I wish I were. I wish I were there for you at that point. Yeah, you know I, mean, what I mean, because that was a, for a me, I, point. Uh, you know, when I look back at my life, it was definitely the most um, challenging thing I'd ever been through. I mean, I was only four years old at the time, and you know, I'd never really experienced loss. Uh, I've never experienced grief like that. I've never mourned yep. before. These were all new emotions and feelings yep. that I was completely foreign to, so I didn't know really how to handle them, and a lot of it made me become yeah. very introverted you know i know i spent like the next year primarily alone um and you know just trying to figure out my way because you know when you when you're at that age you know and uh having your best friend you know that's a big thing for a, a young kid you know and to lose in your life yeah it's rough and i didn't handle it well you know and it changed everything so it went from yeah. being a kid who like was completely focused on sports you know and that was my entire life. Uh, I made and went the other way. Yeah. So when that when you went the other way, I mean, what kind of things were you? Where was your head at? What were you? What were you doing? Were you just kind of like open to things that you ordinarily uh, wouldn't have been open to at that point? Absolutely. Like you just I mean, didn't yeah, care. The, the, you know? I, I mean, I don't remember ever saying like I don't care anymore, but like. I do remember right. uh, from a very young age, I hated alcohol. I hated drugs. Um, I thought anybody who did drugs or alcohol yeah. was a loser. Um, I stand the smell of yeah. alcohol. I mean, you, you brought it around me. I, I, I was like, oh, get that shit away from me. Made... I think we were all that way. You know, all, the, all of our group was like that. We were like, oh, cigarettes, oh, you know, drugs, oh, yeah. drinking. Oh. You know, we did. really it shunned definitely it. definitely something that, you know, um, I wanted nothing to do with. And I guess yep. the thing that changed for me was, I mean, look, I know for me in my history, like I was late to the party. Uh, when we were growing up, there was a lot of kids right. that we grew up with that were partying at a very young age, you know? Uh, and I tell people yep. this now yep. and they're like, how old? I'm like, probably 11, 12 years old, you know? And they were very, very familiar with it. I'm not gonna remember the names, but you know, there were guys we're in school with who were no, smoking yeah. weed by sixth or seventh grade, drinking really, you know, and to me, I was like, yep, Christ, you know, I do with that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I like to say yep. I was late to the party. And even like when we were at parties, like I was definitely the kid in the corner who held a beer the entire night when nobody was looking, I was pouring it out, you know, you know, <laughs> I, I, right, right. I knew enough to just play the role for the time, but I really didn't want anything to do with it, you know? Um, right. So it's, it's for me to look back on it and, 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 and see what happened, you know, over the next 20 years or so, uh, it's kind of baffling to me. Uh, but you know, I, I, I definitely, when I made that turn, that left turn, as I said, you know, I chose, I made the choice to hang out with a different group of kids. Uh, and these were the kids that were from yes. our neighborhood. They weren't the kids that, let's say, were from north of 25A, you know? 
and you know where we right. grew up, right. and uh, you know there tends to be a uh, plethora of psychopaths that we grew up with. Absolutely, and you know, <laughs> That's you know good it guys, you know, good girls, but you know, there was definitely a uh, a different breed. Let's put it that way, and we're yes. Definitely yeah. versed in the alcohol and the drug scene and doing all that stuff. And, uh, you know, for me, it became something to basically fit in. Um, I really at first didn't want anything to do with it. And, uh, you know, I never even gave alcohol enough of a chance to let it get me um, high in any way. The, the taste of it, I was like, ugh. But somewhere along the line, I forced enough yeah. down where it actually went like, oh, wait a minute what they're talking about okay. you know and that's the thing that turned everything for me you know so was it it was the alcohol that 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 was your yeah. gateway pretty much was the alcohol gateway that, was always my drug of choice always my drug okay. of choice so yeah yeah as you got as you got a little bit further down that path um let me ask you this did the alcohol did it did it not serve the purpose anymore at at one point and then you kind of deviated to some uh, other things no it always served its purpose you know and it was always the ground everything else was um extracurricular put it that way uh the alcohol was yeah. always the same okay you know um yeah yeah i mean everything else was you know more phases that i was going through and depending on what we, stuff like that you know yeah. Now, how did that how did that affect the people in your life at the time? Like, what? Okay, so how old how old are we talking here when you fully got into using a lot of alcohol? Lot I'd of probably alcohol. say about sixteen. You know, when I started okay. using it okay. on so a regular basis, eleventh grade or so. Uh, you know, yeah. once it took That's a hold, it was pretty aggressive. You know, uh, like I said. Yeah, and I was late to the party, but once I got to the party, it was definitely like, "All right, do this," you know. Oh, yeah. And I explained yeah. to many people like, you know, when I yeah. when I played sports, I you know, I felt like I was like the captain of the team. Well, and then I switched teams, you know, I became the yep. that team, you know. Yep. And uh, yep. Yeah, I was all in, and you know, I remember. Uh, just a couple of parties that we wound up uh, at. I'm not sure if you have a recollection of it. I mean, I, I sort of, I sort of remember, but I always remember that, you know, there's my buddy Chris, and he's a fucking wild man. You know, like you were, you were off the fucking chain. You know what I mean? Like every time I saw you at a party, you were, uh, you know, high into the right, man. You, you just, you know, let's just say you were feeling yeah, good. Man. You know, well. Uh, or feel you know, something. When I changed lifestyles, and that became my lifestyle. You know, I, uh, like I said, I was all in. And the thing was, like, I kind of got addicted to the lifestyle. You know, uh, I always knew at a young age, like, I was attracted to certain things, and life in the fast lane was one of them. You know, um, yep. So I'm not gonna lie. You know, there, there were points in my life where I was, you know, seeking that kind of life. I was, I, I, I wanted more of it. You know? Right. Yeah. When you when you were fully on in there and you had a uh, relationship with like, let's say, family members or 
or girlfriends or, or other friends or anything like that. I always remember you being aggressive. Do you know what I mean? Like, I always, I always remember the yeah. aggression. I always remember the fighting. Like, your big thing was fighting, man. I mean, and you know, you've turned it into a career, which is, you know, God bless you. But you're doing it, you're doing it professionally, you know, which is awesome. Um, or, or learn how to do it professionally, I should say. But you were always that guy who was in the fight. I always remember, like, let's say in junior high school, you know, who's in the woods today fighting? Remember the woods yeah. over by the right-hand side of the school? Who's in the right in the woods today? Oh, Chris Wright. Oh, Chris is fighting again. You know what I mean? Um, so I always, I always remember that about, about you um, during the times where we weren't real close. But I, I always felt like, God, I wish there was something I could do for him. I, I don't know if he's angry. I don't know if he's, you know, uh, upset about stuff. You know, but I always wish that I could do something. But I, I just never had... Uh, the balls to do it. You know what I mean? And I, I, I kind of wish that, you know, because I love you and you're my brother like that, I really wish that I would have uh, gone in and tried to shake it out of you. But, I, but even if I did, I don't even think that it would have mattered. You know what I mean? Cause I think that path you were down uh, might've been, you know, just too far down. At From a point. young age. I, you, how I do you feel about working that? Out a lot of my anger issues, um, you know, that progressively yep. got worse, especially when my alcoholism got worse. Um, you know, the whole fighting thing yeah. was more or less, again, you know, being in, in our neighborhood with the, uh, you know, some really, really tough cats, you know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. It was definitely yep. a situation where you either had to be tough or they would eat you alive, you know? So, yeah. to me, and, yeah. and also a lot yeah. of it had to do with my dad, you know? Uh, my, my, my parents and I always had a strained relationship, you know, and, uh, there was, uh, yep. you know, they, they were active alcoholics as well, you know, so I witnessed yep. a lot of things and which also drove my anger issues. And, uh, but one of the things I do remember, um, my dad always telling me stories about him in Queens and him and his friends and how tough they were, and how many fights they were in. And, you know, um, my dad was always the tough one for me to get any sort of, um, accolades or respect from you know or and i, I always yeah. thought that the way to that man's heart or for him to get to to get to the point of him respecting me was that was fighting and i just remember him always saying like yeah. oh this one's tough as nails that one's tough as nails i just wanted him to say to me chris you're tough as nails you know it's funny because years yeah. later you know we had a really you know deep heart to heart talk and I explained to him the situation and, and I told him that and he was like, Christ Christopher, you mean all I had to fucking tell you was that you're tough as nails? And we could have saved a lot of fucking problems and I was like, it might have helped. <laughs> a lot of yeah, yeah, for sure. I want well, you know, as a kid, father, you need stuff you know like I mean? that like, sometimes, you know. I, I heard yeah. his stories and I, I wanted him to look at me in the same light, you know, so how did it have to do with that, you know? Yeah. How did your um, how did your mom react when she saw the the uh, I would say animosity I guess uh, with you and your dad or or just the uh, the general um, frigidness right of a, of a relationship? Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I grew up in a very typical way. Irish Catholic family. You know, it was rigid, rigid across the yeah. board. There was yeah. uh, wasn't warm and fuzzy. You yeah, know, and there wasn't a lot of hugs. There was no "I love you." It was none of that shit. I mean, it was, that, you know, my mom yeah. was. 
at times worse than my father, you know, when I was a little, if I fell down on the ground, yeah. she'd be like, Christopher, get off the ground. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> it was like, mm, oh, baby, yeah, yeah. you okay? It was not that. And, uh, yeah. And how about, how about your sister and uh, um, your other brother? As far as what, like, uh, like, like, or were they the same? No, I mean, I'm the, the youngest way. out of the family. So, um, my sisters uh, yeah. are very different than me, but you know, they all had their own issues and how they handled the, the stuff that we went through growing up. You know what I mean? We all, all handled yeah. it differently. I would have to say that okay. I, I by far was the worst, you know, or him. Um, but, you know, yeah. I don't know if that has to do with me and the youngest in the family. But, um, you know, luckily I'd have to say that me and my sisters all have a very, very close relationship still to this day, which, you know, I adore my, my sisters, so. That's awesome. That's really good. Are they supportive of you? I mean, have they been supportive of you oh, yeah. through your struggles? I mean, uh, I mean as day? I got older, when I was younger, not so much, but like now, you know, when I actually did, you know, um, really make a change in my life and, uh, you know, it was something that I made stick, you know, they, unbelievable. Yeah, supportive of me, and you know, um, it's it's definitely something that makes me feel good because you know I, I do feel uh, I'm a family man, and I think that family is very very important. So um, having the support of my, my sisters, who I'm very close to, um, means a lot to me. So you know, especially we went through a lot. You know, yeah, you know, we very yeah very aggressive alcoholic parents. You know, and it was very rough. Yeah. Yeah. When you, um, all right. So when you went and, and were like at the, at the, like getting to the peak of, of your alcoholism and, and your addictions, tell me about that time. Tell me about how, how that happened, how you made your way through it and, and how, you know, how did it, how did it all come out? where you were you're here now you know what i mean i mean because you you and i've talked obviously um and you were telling me just the other day about how you were homeless i mean talk to me about that i mean how did that did that even humble you at the time or was it just like you know what fuck it this is just part of the this is just part of the journey you know how did, how did you uh, feel during those times be honest man it was how did you, you know, get probably there? the lowest point of my life uh you know it's it, it's still you know in sobriety, you know, we, we kind of have to, like, forgive ourselves for things that have happened, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'll be honest yeah. with you, still to this day, it's the one thing that I'm, 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 I still have a hard time shaking it, you know what I mean? Uh, it's an awful feeling, yeah. you know, not having a place to live and, you know, not knowing where your next meal's coming from and, you know, yeah. to be honest, I, I don't know exactly what the traje trajectory was that led me to, you know, not having a place to live, but... You know, a lot of it had to be, you know, I was young, I uh, very irresponsible. I was a raging alcoholic and uh, uh, yeah. I wasn't focused the way I needed to be as far as taking care of myself, you know, and no, yeah. I was just when on you, a, you know, yeah, I was ahead, on sorry. a really bad path, you know, and uh, I, I really, at that point, didn't really care about my future anymore. Yeah. At any point, were you thinking, you know, what, what, what's the, what's the use, what's the use in in life anymore? I mean, were you, were you at that point? Because I've known a lot of people. I think I told you I dated an alcoholic for about a, a year, and it was it was a struggle. It was you know to to say the least, it was a struggle. And at some point, you know, people get to their 
their end and their bottom and they just say, you know, I'm going to give up. That's the end of that. So, I mean, was there any point for you uh, where you decided to yourself, that's it, I'm giving up? Or did you think the opposite? Well, like, I mean, I'm not there's two let ways to look at it. I mean, one, yeah, there was times when I, uh, I had enough, you know, and I didn't want to wake up anymore. Yeah. You know, I get up in the morning yeah. pissed off that I was still alive. I was hoping that yeah. I was, uh, you know, at times that I was going to drink enough or take enough of whatever I was taking at the time to put an end to it. Yeah. You know, and bad fucking way to be, yeah. man. You know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's the truth. You know, it's just me being 100% honest. But, um, yeah. you know, the, on the other side of it, you know, I used to fantasize, you know, about sobriety. You know, and, you know, like people like to fantasize about winning the lottery or, you know, uh, um, you know, finding yeah. money or whatnot. I used to fantasize about getting sober. And yep. it was like, I remember you telling me that when I go to sleep at night, I would think about like, oh, yeah, you know, what's my life going to be like after I'm sober for a year or, you know, two years, five years, you know, and like I would think about how good my life was going to be, you know, once I could get there. But like, I just really couldn't figure it out, you know, and. and it got to the point yeah. at, at times where, you know, I would give up because I'd be like, you're just going to let yourself down anyway. So just, just keep doing what right. you're doing. You know, you're good at that. Keep doing it. And, uh, yeah. it, uh, you know, yeah. it went on for quite some time, decades. Did you, um, in your life, when you decided that you had enough, what did you, because I, I, I've heard, and, you know, my brother is an alcoholic. He's been in recovery for, you know, 20-something years. But at one point, you know, when he, he decided or when, you know, God let him um, finally get to that point where he said, I, I can't do this anymore. You know, I have to, I have to go straight. Um, he had to let go of everything pretty much. And he basically let go of all the people that he was hanging around with, all the contacts that he had, and just moved. You know, he just up and moved just to get out of that environment and to get away from those people. Because, you know, you're hanging out with a crowd. The crowd expects you to drink, and that's just what you do, you know. Um, so what, was that something that you went through also where you just up and left? You're just like, listen, I got to get myself out of here in order to get myself oh, yeah. on the street. I tried that numerous times, you know. Uh, Left yeah. the island. I went yeah. out to the city. I left the city. I went to Boston. Went back to the city. Moved up to New Hampshire. The only problem is this: everywhere I went, I was there. So there I was. I, problem. <laughs> right, right. It wasn't the place. It yeah. wasn't the people. It was me. Yeah. There's uh, something that we say in the program: people and places and things. You know. But at the end of yeah. the day, the problem is me, and I needed to fix me. I had to change me, and you know, no matter where I yeah. went, those problems followed me. Uh, you know, but when I finally had made the decision, and it was just, you know, there's another saying called, I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, and yeah, I, I'd been yep. down this road so many times, and, you know, I can't even tell you, the amount of, you know, my heart stopped on a few occasions, you know. I've been in more situations situations that were uh you know movie style danger zones than I, I care to ever ever you know 
admit, but I don't know, man. It's 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 a it's a weird situation to be in when you can finally say to yourself, "I've had enough," you know. And you know, because yeah. look, I've been on that yeah. that end of it many times where I thought it was enough, or this is it, this is the last time, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, the last actual time, I don't know. I, I had a moment, and, 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 and I, they say in the program, you know, you got to let the miracle happen. And, uh, you know, for me, it was just this defining moment where, you know, I felt, felt it different. And I was yeah. willing to do anything, no matter what it took, you know, to, uh, to make the necessary changes, you know. Had you ever felt that way before, or was that the that was the the be all end all time? Um, I thought I felt that way before. You know, I, I convinced myself yeah. um, that I did, but it wasn't the same because I always went back out. You know, you know, all cleared, and yeah. you know, people were kind of like getting off my back a little bit. You know, I was like, I, I could probably go out and have a couple. You know, and uh, yep, you know. You just got to get to the point where uh, you realize in your heart that that's not going to happen, man. You know what I mean? Everything yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I definitely lost a lot of people in sobriety, but yeah. the people that were yeah. my friends, um, my real friends are still my friends, you know, and, and I'm definitely blessed like you, you know, like uh, we've been friends, close friends since we were five years old, you know, and definitely blessed that, you know, yeah. I've had the same group of friends for over 40 years. Yeah, it's crazy. you know, and uh, right. people who never gave up on me, you know, and I I'd given up on them, you know, and yeah, they didn't, and they're still around, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How do you, um, or have you, have you ever spoken to your kids about this or is that is that not something it's that funny you say that i was thinking to about do. this today um i have not had the conversation with my children yet. i mean do you do you feel like you have to do you know like maybe maybe uh, that's not really necessary uh, for you. i don't know, point, you, know maybe sure, you know my, my son's at the age now where he's starting to ask me questions about growing up and stuff i did and, you know uh who I hung out with, yeah. and, you know, did you ever do this? You ever been involved with that? You know, and so I know it's coming and, you know, it's something that like, yeah. just put it this way. My children have never, ever, ever seen me altered in any way, shape or form. And oh, I'm sure. all they know yeah, is daddy doesn't drink, you know? Um, and and yep. Yep. it's never been an issue. It's never been a topic. It's never been a question. You know, so um, they just never grew up around it. And to me, that was one of the most important things about being a father was uh, I want to do the exact opposite of how I was raised. You know, there was never exactly. in the house. Yep. There was never any drinking around them. I mean, it's so foreign to them, you know. Yeah, it's just and not even an issue, I you know. I had conversations yeah. with them yeah. about drugs and alcohol, but not me specifically. I, you know, I don't try to push it you know, shove it down their throats or, you know, I just say, listen, you know, here's the deal. You do have alcoholism in your game. Okay. So you have a 50, yeah. 50 yeah. chance of being an alcoholic or an addict. Do you want those chances? Yeah. You know, and they're both like, 
Oh no! But again, yeah. you know they they're gonna come across things in life where there's gonna be alcohol involved. There's gonna be weed. Be you know absolutely. And I'm just trying to prepare them in a way without preaching, without shoving it down their throat. You know, luckily I have four of my children at this, at this yeah. age still that uh, you know they still like me. <laughs> you know, and uh, they still think I'm cool. So you know, hopefully, you know, impress on yeah. them that uh, there's a there's another way to go and that's that's all i try to say to them you know yeah yeah there was um you know we we all dabbled in certain things and it's funny that you the way that you said that about your kids that it's just never been around or or never an issue at all and it's you know it's the same way you know with me and and my kid uh with bella uh, my son doesn't live with me he lives in ohio so he doesn't know but but yeah um she just doesn't have any idea, you know what I mean? Like the daddy, you know, drank at one point and did drugs, you know, a little bit here and there. And she just never know. She'll never know that, you know what I mean? Because it's just not, this is not part of our life, you know? So I'm really, really happy to hear that, that your kids uh, don't really have anything to do with it, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, it's so and great. It's weird because my son's 14 and he's about to be 15. And that's exactly the time that I remember where, drugs and alcohol became prevalent in my life where it became, you know, the cool thing to do or, you know, peer pressure was involved, you know? Uh, yeah. So I'm watching him closely yeah. to see his reaction yeah. to stuff, you know, just Good. to keep an Good. eye on him. Cause I think Good. it all starts in the home. You know, I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I didn't know. The fuck do you mean you didn't know? You didn't have a in yeah, his room. You, fucking knew. you didn't know yet. Half a pound of coke in his room. Yeah. What is wrong? Talk to you. Go in yeah. that room. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Thinking, yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm very, Absolutely. very engaged with my children. So, you know, I'm keeping an eye on them. And, you know, they're going to come across stuff, man. It's inevitable, especially today. You know, I mean, there's uh, an opiate crisis going on right now. And that thing, that shit out of me because they can oh, try yeah. it once. It has fentanyl in it and then it's done. That's it. Yeah, the end of story. It's pretty, it's prevalent in Connecticut though, right? I mean, I, I had heard that it was prevalent Huge. in Connecticut, like really bad up there. But, I mean, it's all, bad. it's everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's not back in the day. Yeah, oh yeah. It's like, oh, New York's got the most, you know, it's it's not like that anymore. It's everywhere, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. It's bad. I, uh, yeah, we had, you know, I worked um, uh, 9-1 for many years and, uh, I did here in Fort Myers for a little bit, and the fentanyl uh, here is it's bad. It's really bad, man. And I mean, we'd have ODs all the time. All it was just you know every day, you know five five here, six here, and that's just down the shift I was on, you know, uh, you know. So it's it's bad. So I just hope that any any of our children, you know, don't get involved in that. I mean, how's your daughter with that stuff? I mean, she's younger. Yeah. What she's probably like About twelve, to be right? 13, like that, probably ten or twelve. I mean, to me, I, I'm yeah. still terrified of 13 year old girls. So, you know, I, uh, <laughs> my daughter's 10, but yeah, she seems, <laughs> you know, she doesn't have any interest Crazy. in it, you know? And, and one, one thing about my kids Good. is, um, I'm, I'm, I purposely have tried to keep them young. Uh, you know, I, I yes. was the youngest of five kids and I wanted yep. to grow up fast. I saw my brothers and sisters going out having fun you know going to the bench you know what i mean and 
me, I was like, yes. that sounds like an exciting time. I want to go do that, you know? And I, you know, you, yeah. when you're that age, you wish you were so much older. You wish you were grown up, you know? And uh, I try yeah. to instill this in my children, and I have for a very, very long time, is stay a kid, you know? Stay a kid, yeah. I tell Bella all the time, come on, don't just be 10. I tell her, I literally say, Bella, right. just be 10. It's, just be 10. You know, and it's I okay. still try to play, you know, even with my son, he's 14 and he's 15. Like we, you know, we still play with toys together. Nuts, you know man. what I mean? And like, I want to be that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nothing wrong. Yeah. You kids, stop. Yeah. Don't worry about the growing up shit. And neither one of them are, are uh, showing any signs of like, oh, I want to grow up fast, you know, which is great. Good, awesome. That's really important. Um, I, I read a uh, an article. I, I'm not really like a reader, you know, but I, I read something from I think it was Harvard Review or something like that, and it was about addiction. It was about um, recovery. It was about people getting sober, and people um, being recovered, so to speak, totally recovered, and I didn't know that it was a thing. I I, I thought that it was always you, you know, once you're an addict, you're always in recovery, right? If you stop. So I, what I read was, and, I, and you can kind of shed some light on this um, on me. I read that when you're having, when you have an addictive personality, it's not that you're recovered. It's just that that addiction manifests in other things, right? So let's say, you know, okay, so I don't drink anymore but I run every single day and I get up in the morning, I run and I run and I run and I run, you know, and I'm, and I'm so healthy and I, and I eat the right foods, you know, and I, and I go here and I do this and I don't do that. And then that lasts for a while and then it jumps to something else. Okay. Well now I do hair and I do the best at my doing hair and I, you know, and now I'm the, a nail tech and I do the best at the nail tech, you know, and I'm, and now I'm a, you know, a, a hockey player. I'm the best hockey player, you know, and it just manifests into different things. So what is your take on that? I don't, I don't, I never asked you that. I just read about that, but it makes sense to me that if there's somebody that has an addictive personality, it's going to, it would manifest. It makes sense. It just, to me, it makes sense. I'm not an addict. I don't know if that's true or it's not true. So maybe you can shed some light on that. And maybe sir, there's people watching or, or are going to watch that are maybe going through something like this and perhaps they're doing the same thing. So, can you yeah shed any light on that uh, you know for as me? far as the recovered term or so how some people look at it look you can look at it any way you want you know what i mean everybody's different. uh me personally um yeah. i never really consider myself recovered i'm not uh i'm not cured yeah. uh i got a fucking diploma that said right. you know i graduated from sober school or any of that shit uh, i'm yeah. never out of the woods man yeah never okay? i I'm, I'm always yeah. one step away from a drink, okay? You know, and I, I may be Absolutely. in a good place right now, and I feel good, but that could all change tomorrow, you know? And uh, to me, the yeah. thought of that scares the living shit out of me, okay? Well, I know you, and I know you don't take that for I granted. Saw life I know that. Way you know what I mean? I know. You know, I remember. I remember distinctly, and, and, and I yeah. always have to remind myself of the shit that I went through to get to where I am today. I went through fucking hell, hell yeah. okay? Yeah. I am not fucked with yeah. that, and I'm not willing to go yeah. back to hell. Hell, just not doing it, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I yeah. make sure to yeah. to keep myself in safe 
places, you know, and um, yes, there's certain things that I just won't do or indulge in anymore, just simply because it may bring me back to a place that who knows could trigger me. And uh, I, I'm not messing with that, you know, never. You know, I work too hard to get to this right. point, and I'm, I'm not. Do you know what your triggers are? Like, what are what what are Chris's triggers? Like, do you have it in your head? Like, just, you brought up the bench earlier, right? You go to Long Island, you go to no, the bench. I, I mean, is that I a trigger for you? I go out all the time you know? with friends, you know? Uh, being in a restaurant with a, with a bar or uh -huh. even being in a bar, that doesn't, like, it doesn't even phase me anymore. I don't even think of it, you know what I mean? Good. Um, Good. Yeah. I don't know if I have, like, a specific trigger right now that would make me go, oh, I can't do that because it might make me drink, you know? Um but if I did, I'd recognize it very quickly and be like, this isn't good for me. I'm not doing it. I, I know, like I've seen situations in the last, I mean, May 7th, I'll be sober 12 years. And um, awesome. I know there's certain places that I'm not going to go to because it might bring back some feelings that I'm like, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's not a good yeah. place for me. You know? Right. Slippery. So, Slippery slope. But, right. but yeah, I mean, there, yeah. as far as it like, People with addictive personalities, you know, you're not going to remove that part of your personality, you know, and you could either make it a positive or you could keep being a negative, you know. Um, I channeled, um, you know, uh, a different lifestyle. You know, I, I went full board. I mean, I was yeah. always, you know, fit and I was always in sports and stuff like that. But once I really, you know, got sober or started to change my life, because I took a few attempts before it actually stopped. But, um, you know, I went full born into the healthy lifestyle, you know, and some people could say right. that it's a little bit extreme, you know, but um, I don't look at it that way. You know, I, yeah. I, I love being involved with fitness. I love being uh, involved with self-defense and anything that has to do with it, you know. Um, well, knowing you as long as I've known you, that, that profession is is the absolute perfect profession in my opinion for you it's absolutely perfect like literally there is no other one that but could be more perfect than that me, I just want to make clear i am not a professional fighter i have i have taught people no, self no, no, defense professionally so but me i love to yes. doing it i love coaching okay. i i love uh you know helping people um change their lives you know being a personal trainer and, and helping people who um you know need that push to get them out of a rut so they can get themselves to a place where they're healthy enough that they can change their lives whether it's physically mentally and uh you know it's it's an amazing feeling to watch the change happen in front of your eyes and that also that goes for alcohol and drugs yeah. as well you know um helping people with alcohol and drugs can be very uh um gratifying but it can hurt really bad too you know there I'm where I had to take a break from it sure. because um, I lost too many people. And, you know, when you're helping yeah. people, you get very, very invested in their lives. And, and of, when of it course. doesn't work and they wind up passing away, oof, it's rough, you know? Yeah. But when you do get a chance to help someone and it does take and they do make the change and it sticks and just watch the person that you know that they are is one of the most amazing things to witness. A friend of mine I was just talking 
to today. Um, that was the exact situation, and they made the change, and, and I couldn't be prouder of this person than just what they've become. And I knew this was inside them the entire time, you know? I knew that they were, yeah. I knew that they were special. That's awesome. Um, I knew they were fighting a lot of demons, but if they could put the demons aside and, and, and you know, focus on what makes them special, it all came out. So getting to witness that is amazing. Good. You know, and again, back to the fitness and self-defense thing, it's the same thing, you know, getting to pull things out of people who didn't know they had that in them, you know, but well, I don't know, I, I yeah. have this eye where I can recognize things in certain people. I'm like, you can do it. You don't say can't, you know, you know, it may not happen today, but you know, we're going to keep trying and just be diligent, you know, and stay focused and, and we'll, we'll get you there, you know, and you know, uh, I had a lady one, uh, one time in the gym who, you know, she had failed numerous times at trying to lose weight. And then we finally got her a point on an eating plan that was right for her. And then, you know, coaching her and her actually coming to classes on a, on a regular basis. And she lost like 65 pounds. And just to see the, the look on her face, it's like, awesome. oh my God, I can do this. I can, I can do it. It's such a great That's awesome. feeling, you know? And like, I don't know who's happier, them or me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Uh, Steve over here, I, I guess he's a buddy of yours, Steve Korea. He says, fitness never put me in handcuffs. And I, I love that. I love that you wrote that. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, I'm sure you had your own, your own scuffles, you know, with the law uh, back in the day. But, it, it, you know, going to a better place, a, a better plane of life doesn't put you in handcuffs. So you I'm know, really glad about that. All day long. <laughs> I, I had a family member one time who, uh, you know, uh, was at my gym and I, I said, hey, you know, if you moved up this way, maybe you could come work out with me in my gym, you know, and... Uh, you know, I could help you, you know, lose some weight and get healthy. And uh, they looked at me right in the face and said, nah, your lifestyle, it's its too extreme. No way. That's never going to happen. And I was like, wait, my lifestyle is too fucking oh. You just <laughs> lost a couple toes to fucking diabetes. Which extreme now? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like <laughs> smiles. What's up, brother? Um, he's right. You know? I never got arrested from working out too much. Anything <laughs> about boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No doubt. You know, um it's it's such an inspiration to hear, you know, that you've gone from such a terrible place in your life to to something so much more fruitful for your for you in your life. And can you talk more about how when you first started to do like uh you know defensive fighting and all that all that um that 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 encompasses how did you find yourself into you know in that and then you know what how, what were the steps that you took to get to where you're at today well i mean the, the fighting thing has always been you know prevalent at some point in my life whether it was back when i was in a million yeah. street fights and things like that but you know and, and let's yeah. be honest back then i thought i knew how to fight i didn't know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how to throw your throw your back arms those and days hit people. Like, Jesus Christ, they're awful. Right? Could it really got hurt? <laughs> um, but I mean, I don't know. It's like uh, here's the thing. Believe it or not, I am scared shit of fighting. 
Yeah. Um, and to me, I, I really truly believe that we need for personal growth to put ourselves in very, very uncomfortable situations, things that's, and, uh, yeah. uh, you know, still to this day, you know, let's say I'm training jujitsu, you know, when it's time to roll, as we call it, when we fight at the end of the class, like there's a part of me that's scared to death, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, really? it's a scary thing if you think about it, you know? Um, and it was just something that, like, that fear of it, I kind of got addicted to, you know? And because oh, okay. I felt like the more I do this, the better of a person I'm going to be. I'm facing demons. Yep. I'm, 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 I'm trying to quell uh, certain things within myself that make me um, fearful, you know? And it all stems yep. from that. And then, you know, I, I, I'd done MMA years ago, um, you know, and some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And then it wasn't until, like, I moved up to Connecticut and I found, I was looking for places I could train. And I, I found a Krav Maga school. And I went to my first class. And in that class, I uh, I was in, in a circle with about eight people pounding on me with pads. And I had to fight my way out of it to the point where I thought I was going to throw up. And most people would have been like, holy shit, I'm never coming back here. I was like, I'm in. What do I Awesome. <laughs> you know, and it's been, you know, a passion of mine, you know, ever since, you know, and uh, I, I did start it before I started, before I got sober. And it's one of the things that's helped me on my path, um, being sober, uh, to stay on the straight and narrow. And, uh, you know, it's another, it's a different focus, you know, and I've been, yeah, I've had some amazing yeah. coaches um, since I've been up here. My coach, uh, Britt Soden, who owns Apex Krav Maga, has been an amazing coach to me for years. You know, and just, you know, surrounding yourself with uh, the type of folks that are um, interested in these types of things. And, you know, and, and you see people change, you know, and the, the, the confidence that comes out of them after time, a certain amount of time of training and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm being honest, man. These things, they, they can make you a better person, you know, because yeah. the difference between, yeah. you know, a trained person and an untrained person. And generally, the trained person is the person that's going to be extremely calm in a situation. To me, I always look at it like this. The calmest person in a, in a, in a situation like that is probably going to win, you know, and most of the yeah. time, talk yourself yeah. out, of, out of a situation just by being calm. You know, if you, you you let go of the bravado and, and, and the macho bullshit, most of the listen, man, what are we doing? Yeah. This is crazy. You know, let's not do this. You know, and you can walk away from the situation yeah. unscathed, but it's folks that are, you know, tend to be scared of the ones that get into the fights more often because they're the ones that think that they got to throw a punch, you know? Yeah. You've been in situations like that before where oh, you yeah. have had to walk Absolutely. away like that? Definitely. Yeah. There's been plenty of times where I'm like, all right, yes, I'm a pussy. All right. Have a good night. Faith. Yep. I'll take it. Words, I'll man. take that. You Bye. <laughs> well, is it more is it more because you know the damage that you could cause to this person if they continue to fuck with you? Or is it like you know, and, and you're like, listen, I really, really don't want this. Like, I really don't want this for you. I, mean, I really don't want this you know, for you. But also, state of Connecticut, the uh, self-defense laws are definitely not in their favor. You know, and if they, afterwards, if they found yeah. out that I was, a, you know, an instructor of self-defense, they, 
that wouldn't bode well for me in a court of law. Right. Reason. But again, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to fight. I really don't. Of course. You know what I mean? I want people yeah. to uh, yeah. confidently walk away from a situation without getting hurt. That's pretty much it, man. Yep. You know? That's stronger than actually so. doing the fighting, you know, and that's harder, way harder, you know, to be, to be somebody that can actually do that. You, you don't find that a lot, you know, especially nowadays, people are nuts, man. I don't know. People, you know, I don't know what's going on, but people are crazy. You know, you know it's, it's stronger. You don't to walk know. Away. And that's like the first lesson that I teach most of the students when they come in, not most, all my first lesson is run away. Like, what the fuck is this guy's yeah. talking about. I'm like, listen, I don't want you to get some false sense of security that I took like five Krav Maga classes with Chris and I'm ready to square up with the bad guy. Fuck that. Run away. Get out or, you know, yeah. you know do what you need to do to get, to get home to your family safely. That's it, man. You don't know if they're done. You don't know if they have a knife. You don't know if they have four guys around the corner. You know what I mean? And chances are you're you're going to lose in some way, shape, or form. Nobody wins situation. Nobody. Right. You know? So it's better off that you just walk away. Go home to your family safely. That's it. Right. So when you're, when you're teaching your uh, defensive fighting, um, you're basically not, you're, you're not teaching, obviously, to be the aggressor. You're teaching to defend yourself from somebody that's being the aggressor. Like, how does that, how does that work? You know, to, to people that just see, oh, these guys are fighting, you know, how does it work? Tell me how that works. I don't, I don't know how that works. Um, maybe you can educate well, I mean, me and, and people that are watching. You know, it's not that hard to not get in a fight. I mean, you can, you right. know, if you, like put it this way, uh, if you're a couple feet from me, I have enough room to get out of the situation and get, get away, you know what I mean? Um, these, right. these techniques and, and um, that I'm teaching, that we teach in Krav Maga and Jiu Jitsu, or, you know, uh, if you have no other alternative to save your life, that's what we're talking yeah. about. You know what I mean? I don't want to have to use any, yeah. any of this, but if I have to, well, yeah, this is going to be very, very aggressive. I'm not going to like how this right. feels. <laughs> that's it really <laughs> right that's the long and short of it really yeah how did your um you know are, are your kids like really happy about you know your successes in that in that world i, well, I just I keep mean, thinking about them for some reason i don't think they really understand you know or have uh you know they've always known this is what daddy does you know and you know Oh, it's yeah. funny because my son will say all the time, you know, he'd be talking about his friends and he's like, yeah, everybody in town knows what you do. And I'm like, like, I'm like, is that a <laughs> good thing or a bad thing, buddy? He goes, nah, no one's going to fuck with me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I That's mean, awesome. they like it. They think it's cool, <laughs> you know? And like I said, like, as of right now, they still like me. They still think I'm somewhat cool. So I, I, I'll, uh, very cool. I'll take it. You know what I mean? It, it definitely, yeah. you know, my son Absolutely. and I have a great rapport. And he says, you know, like he said to me the other day when I turned 50 or 51, he's like, God, I can't believe you're 50 years old, Dad. He's like, you don't look 50. And I was like, oh, thanks, buddy. You know, he's like, 
do you see the other dads? <laughs> oh, I'm very aware of the other dads. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, we've talked almost an hour or so. And, um, man, you know, I really appreciate this so much. Um, it's always a pleasure talking with you, man. I love talking with you. It's just, it's just awesome, you know? I love you so much. and Thanks, man. I love I'm just, you, I'm so proud You've of you, bro. been such a staple in my life since we were little kids. And, you know, it's it's funny because, like, I I, I talk about you all the time. And, you know, I, I try to explain to people. I'm like, I have this friend of mine, Greg, and we probably text each other every single day. And down in Florida, and, you know, <laughs> and I'm not bullshitting. I do. We, 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 we connect with each other almost every single day, and I love it. And I, and I, I love it. I'm blessed that I have people like you in my life still to this day. People who don't have this, like to me, I'm like, ah, of course. how are you getting by? You know what I mean? You need to have your your yeah. your your family. You know what I mean? And I love you. You are. Your family to me, you always will be. Of course. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it very, very much. And I, I really, really Thanks. appreciate you coming on this show, dude. I really do. I'm, I'm Thanks, really, brother. really happy that you did it. And I know... You know, there were tough, uh, tough moments there, but I'm really happy that you did it. And, and hopefully it was uh, cathartic in a way for hey, you. And, you know, the you way know. I look at it is this. If I can help anybody in any way, if anybody was listening and they're struggling and, you know, um, one word might have, you know, nudged them the right way, to, you know, either get to a meeting or get some help in some way. And if anybody who's listening right now and they are struggling and they need some help, please contact me. Uh, I'm do whatever I can to help guide you, you know, and. Uh, Absolutely. And if anybody's watching, if anybody watches the replay, if you feel like, um, if you feel like just sending a, a DM my way and say, listen, I got to, I got to get in contact with this guy. I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll if it's okay with you, I'll shoot them your, uh, you know, your hand. my way. They can talk. I will brother. All right, man. I hope you have a great night. And uh, again, I love you. And um, love you, man. You know, I'm sure we'll talk tomorrow. <laughs> All right, brother. Take care, brother. All right. Oh, man. Awesome conversation. Proud really of you awesome too. conversation. So, um, don't forget. Love. Thank you. Thank you, pal. Love you, man. Thanks a lot. Well, there you go. Chris Ryan. Um, awesome guy. Very, very proud of him uh, as one of his best friends for his whole life. Um, just really, really pr proud of him, proud of the man that he's become. Um, and that's it. If you guys have any people that are in your life that are struggling with addiction, please, uh, if you feel like <clears throat> reaching out to me on DM, go ahead and do it. I'll send your information to Chris. He can talk you through whatever you need to talk, talk to you through about. Uh, he's an awesome guy. You just saw that for yourself. And um, yeah, if you need help, let me know. Even if even if you hadn't seen it yet, just go ahead and send me a message if you need some help. Um, anyway, thank you so much for uh, watching the show. I appreciate it. Uh, two days from now on Saturday night, I have Kamala. We're going to have Isabella and we're also going to have Raphael from the band Kamala, the Brazilian thrash metal band. Amazing, amazing band. They just put out a new record. It's incredible. I've been listening to it all week uh, and last week. And um, I hope you really like metal because you're going to love these guys. Um, they are Brazilian. They do speak uh, Portuguese, but they do speak English as well. And they're going to get through the interview. I've already interviewed um, Raphael once before. And um, the guy's awesome. He's just a great guy. So I hope you enjoy uh, watching Saturday night. We also got some other interviews coming up next week. So please, please keep checking out the channel. 
I really appreciate you guys watching. I appreciate everybody who watches and I uh, love you guys. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great night and I'll talk to you soon.